Greetings. <laughs> I'm going to be speaking from Hebrews chapter 2, if you want to turn there and look on your device. I'm going to pray. Lord, I just pray this morning that um, in our free volition that we would choose to be open to what it is that you want to speak to us about. Holy Spirit, that we would hear what you're saying to each one of us individually. Not only hear what you say, but make a decision to be obedient to those things that you show us. Lord, we ha we're in a country where we have so much Bible information and resources, and yet we see individuals and people veering off track and going other directions and leaving their first love. And so I pray that we would be equipped by you to move forward in all it is that you have for us and the plan that you have for our lives and for this church. It's in your name we pray. Amen. And before I read this verse, wouldn't it be interesting if we had a mirror that showed us what we wanted to see when we looked into it? You'd be young, be perfect, everything would be right in place. And yet we know that that's not reality. And yet we have a resource for ourselves that we can actually look and see through the scriptures and through the Holy Spirit exactly where we're at. As we read the Bible, as we pray, the Holy Spirit just shows us where we're at. And he does that for a reason. He does that so he can strengthen us, he can encourage us, and he can guide us in the way and the changes that we have to make in our life. I just want to talk this morning on uh, this, this subject of drifting. Am I drifting? And the word that's been on my mind for like the last month is openness. Am I open to what God wants to say to me? We may say, oh yeah, I'm open. But am I really open? I can say I'm open and yet I'm going to hold something in reserve there where I'm not going to totally be open because of whatever reason. And so, unless there's openness in your heart to hear what God has to say, God can't do what he wants to do in our lives. He can't. I mean, we, we sang those songs, we can have the victory. These, this is what's possible for us as believers, and yet we yeah, we, we have eternal life and we have heaven, but the victory that he wants to give us is here on, on the earth as we serve him. And we won't have the victory unless we are obedient to what he says to do. And so the victory is in our experience and how he wants to use us. So Hebrews chapter 2, I'm going to read it from this version and then I'm going to put up another version. Verse 1, therefore, we ought to give the more, the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received, a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, 
and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. So I just want to put up the New Living Translation. So we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard, or we may drift away from it. For the message God delivered through angels has always stood firm, and every violation of the law and every act of disobedience was punished. So what makes us think we can escape if we ignore this great salvation that was first announced by the Lord Jesus himself and then delivered to us by those who heard him? Just focusing in on... Be, be, so we must, be, we must listen very carefully. I want to listen carefully. I want to hear what God is saying to me because it doesn't matter what happened yesterday. It doesn't matter what you did yesterday. What matters is the now and what he's doing in our life and, and what he's going to try to do. Because for some of us, there will be a drifting away. I've seen the last year people drift away from their walk with God. It, it grieves you. It, it, it bothers you. It should bother all of us. But when you see someone drift away, Drifting doesn't happen, and I'll explain it. It's not like I'm doing great for the Lord right here, and then immediately I'm over in this place. Drifting is little by little, slow. Decisions that we make, and we begin to drift. And if we're in tune with God, and we're in tune with His Spirit and with His Word, we can catch ourselves drifting. And we can come back to that place where we should be. And so, I just have three points in, in this word here this morning. Things we should know about drifting. Drifting requires no effort. We stop oaring against the wind, as a boater would do, and a boater will begin to drift. Isn't it interesting? Stop oaring against the wind. Who's the prince of the power of the air? The devil. And we stop oaring, we stop rowing against the current. Trust me, the current is not going easy. To follow Christ, you're going against the current. Against the current. And so, like it says in this version, take heed, more earnest heed to the things which you have heard. The second thing is, it's an unconscious process. That's what deception is. It's, it's, so, it's like an angel of light. It's so close to the truth that you think it is the truth or how you feel. I feel this way, so I guess I'm okay. But it's, it's, under, it's an undercurrent. It's kind of like when you're at the ocean and you get in a, um, not a rip current, but you, before then, you get into a, uh, what's the tide thing that pulls you out? undertow. You're in an undertow and before you know it, you're out there. Or you're looking, you're in the water and you're, you're at the beach and you're, if you're with your kids or whatever you're doing and that's where your stuff is, your blanket and your chairs. Before you know it, you're way over here and you wonder how you got there. The undercurrent brought you. There's a lot of people today that wondered how they got to the place where they are right now as believers. They're probably thinking, how did I get to this place? Well, little by little, the undercurrent takes you. And, there, and the source of that undercurrent is our flesh, 
It's the demonic world. It, it's got a plan to, get, to unseat you from where you are. If you think in your mind right now, you're thinking, well, I don't really know if I really believe that, then already the deception has set in. I don't need to hear that. I can, I can pull this off myself. Jesus said, you can do nothing without me. So you need to be close to God so that you're not drifting. Um, it's possible to drift unaware. That is deception. And the same is true in the spiritual realm. Many individuals and churches have slowly drifted away. Churches have changed their doctrine. They look at the culture and they adjust their church and their Bible to the culture. Oh, this, you know, just going by this, that's like being a dinosaur. That's like being old-fashioned. Well, take a look at America and see where things are going and, 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 and churches that are not effective. Little by little, the drifting started and they got away from the scriptures and they start to... It's amazing how when people... You wonder how people get to the place where they're going to get to because what they do is they want to believe something whether it's because that's how they feel and they want to do something. And so they can find something in here that can justify how they want to live. Well, I don't, or I don't really need this. I need to find out things for myself. I've been brought up with this or I've learned this and I want to experience things for myself. And so instead of just taking the Bible and looking at it and say, okay, this is what it says for me, and this is where I have to adjust my life. You'd be surprised how we don't want to naturally do that. We never drift upstream against the tide. You're not going to be drifting upstream against the tide. You're going to be going away from the stream is going that way, and you're going to be going that way. And the thing is, that can happen very quickly. Real quick. It's like when you hear the sound of the waterfall, it's too late. Like if you were on a river, you hear the sound, it's too late. Is it too late as far as salvation? No. A person, a believer can still be saved, but what's going to happen is going to be destructive to their life. And this is what, what's going on here in Hebrews. Take heed, listen to what you've heard in this great salvation that you had. Because where you are right now, this morning doesn't mean you're going to be in that place next month. And if you think you are, then you're getting set up. I'm like holding on for dear life and not to God's mercy and his word because I want to make it. I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. And so you want to be in that place where you stay humble and you realize, but by the grace of God, I can be there. I can be a drifter next month. And little by little. I just want to give you some verses. Um, the faithfulness to God is oaring upstream. We must constantly be adding to our faith. In uh, John 8, 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. You can't be a follower of him and not be in his word. Again, there's the mirror. Do you want to see what you want to see or do you want to see what you want or do you want to see what God sees in us? 1 Timothy 
Take heed to yourself in the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this you will save both yourselves and those that hear you. That's another word. Continue. Continue in what you know. Continue. Don't quit. Persevere. You just continue on. Sometimes we're in the midst of a trial, we're in the midst of difficulty, and we, we, we're having trouble to continue on. The answers for what you need are in his word. Trials, tribulations, sufferings, those are all things to build character in our life. God's, God allows those things. But continue in the things that you know. I'm not going to put it up there, but 2 Peter 3.18, but grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Continue to grow in Christ. We have to continue to grow. I've said it a million times, nobody's arrived here. No one is the perfect Christian, or, yeah, we'll never be sinless, but we're to, we're to continue to want to grow. I want to know more about God. I want to know more about Jesus. I want to know more about the Holy Spirit. I want to experience the things that God has for me. The moment you stop growing, you start going backwards or downward. What the lie is, is that if I'm not growing, then I'm going to stay in a neutral place. I'll be okay. It doesn't work that way. If you're not growing, if you're not going this way, you're going that way, whether you believe it or not. You're not going in the place. If you want to be status quo and be stagnant, maybe you'll find that place, but that's not the place God would have for you. The other thing is the speed downstream increases. The speed of the drifting increases. And you wonder how I got there again. How did I get there so fast? One person said, we lose sight of the land. Or when we lose sight of the land, it is more difficult to discern you are drifting. If you can't get a perspective like, okay, there's where I, that's where I was, and I'm over here, now I know I've drifted. But if I lose perspective on God and where I should be, I won't recognize drifting. That's the nature of deception. When people get off track, it's, they feel that it's, they're all right. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, but I need to experience this. Yeah, we need to experience things in our Christian walk, but it doesn't mean we go off track and leave him. As we move farther and further from the Lord, we care less and less about what we do. All of a sudden, the interest in God diminishes. It'll diminish real quick. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. They know you. They know how to press your buttons. The demons watch your behavior. They know, they know right now what can get to you. They can't take away your salvation, but they can neutralize you so that you're not effective. Are you open to that? Do you hear to that? Because that's the plan. The other thing is drifting is dangerous to other people. 
you know, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. My drifting affects others. Whether you believe it or not, it will. You get around a person who's drifting, something's going to rub off on you. Not that you don't want to restore somebody, but you hang around someone along that's drifting away, watch out. You'll be going right with them. Just like in shipping, a ship drifting is hazard to all other vessels. Like you don't know what they're going to do if they're going to hit you. Parents drifting will lose opportunities for their kids. When they're drifting, it's going to affect your kids. Young children. Well, that's not real important. Don't worry about that. And what we're teaching our kids as far as maybe attending church, reading the Bible, praying, you're drifting. And then when they get older, they point the finger at you, go, why am I going to do that? You don't do it. Your drifting affects others. Ephesians 4.14 That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunningness, craftiness of deceitful plotting. Tossed to and fro. Tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine that comes along. And there's tons of false doctrines out there. And maybe be careful who you're listening to. Find out what they really believe. Their words may sound good, but when you find out, you know, prove and test everything, what they really believe, and it's not what you believe, and you know what you believe is, is solid Bible doctrine, and what, what they believe is heresy, get away from that, no matter how much it feels good or entertains you. And there's plenty out there. Just turn on the radio or watch the TV. What happens? It ends when you're drifting. It ends in shipwreck. My life ends in a shipwreck. I thought I was saved. Yeah, you are. But your life can be a mess. Well, why did God allow this to happen to me? Well, you made wrong choices. You made wrong choices along the way. You shipwreck your own life. Well, so-and-so did this to me. No, you make decisions. You take responsibility. Drifting. Those drifting spiritually through their own neglect. The, the word for drifting really is you neglect this so great a salvation. You have to make a decision to neglect the things that you know are true. That's how a person drifts. They start neglecting things that are important. And I'm going to cover a few of those quickly. What are the common signs of drifting? I'm just giving you some things that I see. I'm sure there's more. A diminishing desire to read God's word and to pray. Those are some signs of drifting. 
We no longer have a desire and a hunger for, for God's word. Well, my schedule, well this, well that, all these different things come up. Some may be legitimate at times, but we all have 24 hours in a day, the same 24 hours. And what will you do with it? Am I neglecting reading God's word? Am I neglecting praying? Well, I can do it quicker now. I don't need all that time. I'm okay. Call for what it is. You're drifting. If it wasn't what you were doing before and what you know worked, then you're drifting. Look in the mirror, the mirror of God's word, and say, that's true. If you don't agree with it, not me, but what God's word says, then you're setting yourself up in a place. Well, that's, that's not legalism. That's just, I'm just telling you how to, I can stand here and give you a lot of verses on why you should be in God's word. The word is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces and dividing the soul from the spirit. It's able to cut away those things that are going on in your life and you see the truth. There's power in God's word. Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. We need God's revelation. We need God's direction for our life. You start pulling away from his word and prayer, you're drifting. You could say, well, that's his opinion. Yeah, it is. It's my conviction. But if you start, if you start you losing hunger for that, you're beginning to drift. Mark 135. Now in the morning, having risen a long, time, a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Jesus Christ made time in his life to pray. Oh, but I don't have to. I can skip it and do this and shorten it and all that. He spent, before he chose the disciples, he was the God-man, but he was man too, and he spent all night in prayer to pick the right disciples. So if Jesus prayed, so should we. And then in Luke 18, 1, then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not to lose heart. We know we should pray. Okay, Holy Spirit, I'm losing my desire to pray and read the word. Help me. You think he's going to say no? You're recognizing there's something wrong. Here's another thing that I see. There's a diminishing desire to be with God's people. That's another sign of drifting. Some of these things are hard-hitting, but it's really looking at it for what it is. Attending church, if not, drifting. We need to be on guard and our eyes open for our brothers and sisters where you see those things happening so that you can try to bring them back to restore them. If you're not around Christians and you're, well, if you're off base, but you're around Christians, someone with the love of God is going to call you out. We all need that. We all need to be called out. I need to be called out. Pastor Jeff needs to be called out at times. Every one of us. But when they, I see it in, I see it. 
I see it real close at home. I see um, the isolation of Christians and they don't want to be called out. They don't want to hear it. They've already drifted. Psalm one, I'm going to give you some verses. Psalm 122.1 I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. For some of us, and probably for, for those that aren't here today because of that, they're not glad to go to the house of the Lord. It becomes the last place they want to be. Probably because they're drifting and they don't want to be under any kind of conviction of anything of the Holy Spirit. And so they stop doing that. Hebrews 10.25, verse we all know. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting or encouraging one another so much the more as you see the day approaching. Is the day approaching of Christ's return? So not coming together, forsaking, not to forsake coming together as you see the day approaching, which is the manner of some of you. It's almost like we have to get closer as we see the day coming. Trust me, we all have issues, all kinds of issues. Pastor Jeff prayed about people, things inside. We have a hard time with people sometimes. We have a hard time being around people. All I have to do is, okay, God, let me break through this barrier. I know I need other believers. What happens is people don't want to go there, and so they, in their mind, they can justify staying away from that. I don't really need a church. I, I can go to a church there. I go to church down the street. I go there. I keep moving around. I experience all the body of Christ. No, God has called you to a certain church for a reason. He's gifted you for, cert, for that church. And there's going to be a little sandpaper rubbing on you for some of those edges around us that are rough, that what he wants to do in our life, and it comes through people sometimes. How, much, how many times have you heard people say, I don't go anymore, I don't go to church, they're filled with a bunch of hypocrites. You hear that all the time. I'm not going there, I tried that, that doesn't work. Well, maybe it didn't work at that place, but there is a place for you, somewhere. Let's give me some verses here. Hebrews 3.13. But exhort one another daily, while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Exhort one another. That's why you go to Hebrews, it's in the same book, Hebrews 3.13. Encourage one another. Challenge one another. Like I said, call out one another. Hey, why are you doing that? What's going on with that? How come, you know, where were you? Not like, where were you? I'm taking attendance, but where were you? I care. Exhorting one another daily. And we'll see here. Just give me some verses. Romans 14, 19. Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and things by which we may edify another. How are you going to edify another unless you're with others? You can't. You can try to interpret that your own way to slide out of it, but I don't, you have to be with another to edify and to build up somebody. And we all need it. Every one of us. There's discouragement and there's a lot of things out there that affect people 
And that's why sometimes you feel like you've got to crawl the church to get here because you've been beat up. But this is where, if we're all operating under the power of the Holy Spirit, we're encouraging each other in this race. This is just a strong point I want to make. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him that is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not easily broken. Two are better than one. It's not good to be alone. Again, it's isolation, and, and you drift into that. I won't have it up there, but Second Corinthians six forty four says. Well, let me let me go back here. Um, fellowship extends beyond the church service, edifying one another. Friendship strengthens praying with each other. One person said, "When a Christian prefers the companionship, listen carefully, the companions." companionship of people or of the world rather than fellow Christians, you are drifting towards spiritual destruction. When a Christian prefers the companionship of people of the world rather than fellow Christians, you are drifting towards spiritual destruction. Obviously, we come, he came to seek and save the lost, so on one hand, we're out there trying to reach people, but if the time that you spend your own time, all the time, with Unsaved people, you're unequally yoked with them, and it's going to affect your walk. Drifting when you start hanging around with those old people again. Before you know it, you'll be doing what they're doing again. Another thing is a diminishing desire, something I saw, a, a diminishing desire to share the gospel. We should want to tell others the good news. If I have no desire to tell anybody that, that good news, it's another sign of drifting. Why? Well, because I don't really care about anybody else. That's their problem. They've got to make their decision, and they do. But... Is your heart soft enough and do you have compassion towards people that are lost to share the gospel? If you're cold in that area, it's just one of those signs of drifting. Maybe you used to be on fire to do that and now, because you've been rejected so many times probably, that you don't want to do it. But the Holy Spirit still, if it's operating, you still have that desire to reach people with the gospel. Some of these are hard-hitting, but it's the way it is. Sometimes we take medicine that tastes horrible, but it's good for us, but it makes us realize, okay, God, if this is where I'm at, all you have to do is just say, help me. He'll get you back on track. There's no condemnation. There's no guilt. But there is repentance. Repentance is changing your mind, changing your mind towards that. Acts 8.4 Therefore those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. That's what the disciples did. 
You're important to God. Where you are and where you work and where you go in the places that, in the, in the crosses, the places that you crisscross with people, you intersect with people, none, none of that is by accident. He's placed you where he's placed you. Sometimes you just have conversations with people and it just happens, you know, not even expecting it. Oh, I think I'll go down to that tax sale at the end of my street. And I did. I didn't, I'm in a new neighborhood because I moved. And so I went down there. And so this guy thought I was another guy who lived in the house where I am before. And somehow he was involved with ministry. So he says to me, so you're a pastor, huh? And I'm saying, how does this guy even know me? <laughs> I've never met him. And I, he says, well, the guy down there, my grandson was going to do some work for him. And I said, no, but I am. I, I am in a church. And so all of a sudden, the door opens. And then he's, he says, geez, I'm really sorry for swearing like that in front of you. It's like, <laughs> whatever. It's, but to find out that he's, you know, he is, has post-traumatic stress and he was in the war and he's a believer. He just has some rough edges around him. But the point is, you never know who you're going to run into, but you've got to be in those places and have a desire. God wants to speak to them through you. He wants to tell them something through you. You're important. An increasing thrill over the things of the world is another symptom. We have a greater thrill over earthly honors or a lovers of pleasures. What does it say? A lovers of pleasures more than lovers of self. Is that 2 Timothy 3, 4, Grant? That I had? Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. That, that's, that can happen to Believers. The, the world and all that it has is very alluring. Come on. Come on. This is good. Let's go. And, and it's, we become lovers of that, and our love for God kind of diminishes. I just have a deep-rooted hatred for the world system because I know what it did to me. Not the people in there, but the system what's behind that. I always saw what it was, like I said before, but I never had the answer for it until I got saved. But I could see this was a big lie. Just a lot of, uh, every, just a lot of stuff between peoples and governments and all this kind of stuff that goes on. It's like, okay, this is, that's where a lot of people are. They're hopeless without Christ. And so, and I'm sure a lot of you experienced that one way or the other, you felt the emptiness. In 1 John 2, 15 and 17, 2, 17. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. We're in the world, but we don't have to be of the world system. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. You do the will of God, that's going to abide forever. And ever, and ever, and ever what you did. And this world is passing away. Everything that looks so alluring, it's going to be burnt. 
Basically, when Jesus comes back, read the book of Revelation. It's going to have to start over. Doesn't mean I can't enjoy things. Doesn't mean I can't enjoy the fruits of my labor and my job and do things. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying be very careful that you don't start loving that more than God. All this drifting comes from neglect. So what's the remedy against drifting? One thing is keep rowing. Keep rowing upstream. Don't quit. The Holy Spirit will empower you to keep moving. Keep moving forward. That involves diligence, and we keep abounding in God's grace. It's God's grace that gives us what we need to do all of this. You try it in your own energy, you can't do it. You just have to cooperate with his power, cooperate the grace that he gives us to do what he wants us to do. And so we just keep moving forward. Philippians 3, 12 through 15. Finishing up here. Not that I've already attained or am already perfected, but I press on. That I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. I do not count myself to have gotten there or apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind, and if anything will, anyone think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. We press on to the goal. We keep focused. This is, not, it's impossible in ourselves but with, the God, with God's grace and the Holy Spirit in us, it is more than, we're more than able. Amen? Yeah, you can sit there and go, I can't do that. You're right, you can't. But the Spirit of God in you can. If you rely on it. Keep rowing. Watch out for the undercurrents. Be on guard against temptation. Galatians 5, 16 and 18. Well, it's finished here. I say, walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary the one to the other, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led of, by the spirit, you are not under the law. There's a war going on, the flesh and the spirit. You want the spirit, his spirit, to overpower your flesh. Being filled with the spirit, that's what happens. It's not more of the spirit. It's the Spirit has more of you. He has more of you. There's more of you that he wants. If you have that, you're not going to drift. Expect to go against the tide. Many tides to sweep us away. Popularity, peer pressure, praises of others, false doctrines, worldliness in the church, neglect, indifference, apathy, all these things are undercurrents that are there. They're there. They're moving. They're trying to move you. I want to be liked by other people. Watch out. If you want to be liked by other people, then you're going to probably have to act like other people to fit in. If you don't want to do that, you're probably at some time going to live a lonely life, maybe in the workplace. I know I experienced that, and I didn't want that, but after a while, people just didn't want to be around you. You've got to be willing 
to live that life. And God will draw the ones. We must have a strong anchor in our life. Rooted and grounded in Christ, Colossians 2. I'm just giving you the word of God so that you, you see the promises. As you therefore have received Christ the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. So we're rooted and grounded in Christ. Our minds are anchored in truth, Ephesians 4, 14 and 15 that you should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things in him who is the head Christ. So our minds are anchored in truth and then we possess an unshakable hope, Hebrews 6, that by two immutable things which is impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which enters the presence behind the veil. We have a hope that anchors us. I'm not looking, I'm looking for eternal life. I have eternal life, but I'm looking for heaven. Looking to get there, in the meantime, God used me here. But my hope, I'm anchored in that. You can't be moved then. What, what in this world is going to move you if you're anchored in God? The anchor is deep. You can't be shaken. Are you drifting? The danger is real. Arrogant to think it couldn't happen to you? Are the signs of drifting in my life? Again, no desire for the word or for prayer. No desire to be with God's people like I used to be before, no desire to reach the lost, and too enamored by the things of this world. Those are just things I see that you can, you, you'll be drifting. It's almost like if you don't want to do anything, it's like God is, God is throwing, you're drifting and you're moving out. He's throwing you a life preserver and you go, nah, I don't want that. I can do this myself or I don't really need that. He throws us a life preserver. That's his grace. Come on back. Don't be drifting. It isn't funny with a rip current. With a rip current, I think of that as like temptation. It's pulling you out. How do you get out of a rip current? You go this way. There, with, with a temptation, there's always a way of escape. You take the side entrance. You go out that door. You don't try to fight against a rip current. It pulls you out further. So don't try to fight in your flesh to overcome this. It's just coming to God and surrendering and asking him to give you what you need and to be, have the spiritual antennas up where you, you're sensing, okay, I'm drifting here and I've got to make adjustments. Just lift your praises to him. He's worthy to be praised. Thank you that you are a redeemer, God. You come to live us and you work in our lives. Thank you, Lord God. You care with us, Jesus. You're more than care now. Thank you for who you are, God. Thank you that you live forever. Glory to your name, God. We praise you, God. Lord God, we thank you for this love that you have for us. That's something we can't even comprehend in our 
human minds. Lord, we know that the answer to all of this is to just fall more in love with you. To understand. Lord, we don't want to compromise. We don't want to compromise our love with you with what the world has to offer. We don't want to drift away from you. It's not this church. It's nothing like that. It's you that we're drifting from. Work in our hearts, Holy Spirit. I pray for anyone here this morning. They're in that place of drifting. Just grab his hand. He'll just pull you back. Take his invitation. He loves you. He's got a perfect plan for you. Lord, just give us, once again, Holy Spirit, that hunger for your word and to, and to be alone with you. To be around the right people at the right time. To draw us together as, as a body, as your people, brothers and sisters in Christ. That you would knit our hearts together in love. Only you can do that, God. We're from different backgrounds, different people, different races, Lord, but your spirit is the same in all of us. We thank you for your faithfulness, God. We thank you that you never quit on us. And we pray that we would continue as we live for you to bring glory and honor to you because you deserve it all. It's in your name we pray this morning. Amen.